This is Podflix, Mini Flix, episode 33. Uh, I'm Paul. I'm Willie. <laughs> Damn it. Nailed it. <laughs> and what we're going to do for this Mini Flix is we're going to talk about uh, a property that one of us has seen, in this case, me. And I am going to um, give a little bit of a review on that and talk to the guys about it. And we'll see how what they think of it when all is said and done. So... For this mini flicks, I'm going to talk about um, the CBS All Access show Star Trek Picard, which I just finished watching. And the reason that I picked this to talk about is um, this is yet another rehash, return, coming back of an old property coming back to TV again. And really quick, before I get into the details about this one, I wanted to know what you guys think about this because these kinds of you know reunion shows are everywhere right now um so dish why don't you kick us off your just thoughts generally on this rampant practice uh i mean largely i would say that i'm, I'm not a fan you know largely i would say it's like you know let let this wonderful thing that happened before be and you know move on to something new something different some maybe different actors or use or have the same actors doing something else but I do have to admit that occasionally the this kind of retread has struck gold. Uh, for instance, like I wouldn't, you know, uh, Showtime, what, a year or two ago had Twin Peaks The Return. And um, that was fantastic. I mean, that, that, that was that was better, I would say, than the original show. Um, so, you know, it, it, I think I think it kind of depends. But by and large, I'm not a fan. Cool. Um, Willie, what do you think about this kind of thing? Same. Although... Uh, yeah, the one show that comes to mind that I quite enjoyed until Roseanne went up off the deep end was The Connors. Yeah, similarly. Yeah, good. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember the show. I watched it a lot as a kid and I really enjoyed kind of the new twist on it. And then Roseanne yeah. kind of lost her mind and, yeah. you know, that happened. And the, it was called Roseanne and then re- yeah. kind of rebranded as The Connors and not quite so good. So I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other shows like bigger shows or shows I watched from my childhood or a little younger aside from like Picard that like I really connected with and I can't name a ton. I mean, there's reboots. There's like Hawaii five Oh and that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, there's like, you know, there's like, um, nine or two one Oh, there's like right. the fuller house show fuller house. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a, there's, 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 there's a decent amount of stuff from when we were kids. That's like coming back. And I'm, I'm kind of with you guys that generally, it either basically doesn't work for me at all and occasionally works really well. And um, for me, Star Trek Picard is one of those ones that works really well. And the reason that it works really well for me is because this show could not possibly be more different than Star Trek The Next Generation was. Um, and my understanding is like to the consternation of some fans who are like just kind of expecting more um, TNG and did not get it. Mm. Um, but But for me, that's like, that's what worked for me. And um, you know, it was hard. My understanding, it was hard to lure Patrick Stewart back to the role. And they just gave, they had to give him like very meaty character stuff hmm. to get him back. And they do. And basically it's a show that kind of recontextualizes the character's life in a very interesting way and how the character now in the, you know, the twilight of his life, if you will, um, has to kind of reconcile with that and deal with that and decide what to do with it. Um, and by breaking away from what came before, I think that's what makes the show work really well. Um, 
don't get me wrong, they do do the nostalgia hits. There's several, you know, it's like, oh, here's the character you remember. Uh, we're going to check in on them and see what they're doing. And um, in this particular instance, that totally worked for me. I was like, oh, my God, it's so good to see, like, you know, such and such. I'm going to try to not spoil this. Um, Jonathan but- Frakes. I, I have to assume Jonathan Frakes is somewhere in this uh, in this he show. Is. Yeah, yeah. He, he I mean, I, I, that that doesn't seem like a spoiler. It, it would be very weird to not have some appearance by Riker. At some I point. mean, not spoiling this, Paul, but um, obviously the show ends, and then you know, Picard is in many movies after this. Yep. So what happens is the the last TNG movie was um, was really bad. Um, <laughs> And Which was that was that Nemesis? Was that the yeah, last one? Yeah. That was Nemesis. Uh spoilers for Nemesis. Uh at the end of it, Data dies. And um that's kind of it. There, there's never another movie about it. And a large part of that old Star Trek was dealing with Picard and Data's relationship. And so this thing happens and we never see how it affects Picard. And this series is basically him dealing with that loss um and finally coming to terms with it. And um I'm not going to spoil something because I'm going to tell you something that happens in the first five minutes of the first episode, which is um, he we're, we we go to the far future and where androids have an artificial life has been banned due to some incident, and Picard meets up with a artificial life form that he believes is descended from Data, and she gets something happens to her and she has to he has to then go find more of that. that of those artificial life forms and try to protect them because he feels like he owes something to data. And it's about that journey and doing all that. Um, and I would say on a whole, the season was the way I've heard it described is, is the first season's a bit lumpy. Um, it was the showrunner was Michael Shabon, who's a, um, a novelist, not a, not a showrunner. And, and he actually described this very well. He's like, well, this is a first season of a Star Trek show, and first seasons of Star Trek shows are historically not that good. Right. Uh, but there's, they're they're making at least two more seasons of this, um, wow. so it's going to come back. And and I personally, I'm personally excited for it. Um, and I think what's very interesting is you know now that these shows are on CBS All Access, they have room to be different than they were before and this very much is like i said introspective character study there's not a lot of action but there's a lot of drama and a lot of character work and that's very different for star trek it's very mature in like the grown-up sense of the word um they also swear on the show a little bit (laughs) so it's Hmm. mature in that way too um like like f-bombs or like shit oh no there's f-bombs there's multiple f-bombs wow Uh, sir patrick Stewart dropping f bombs. I don't think he says any of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but it, it's it's you know it's a good show. There's like a new he's got like a new crew and they're interesting people with you know way more interesting backstories than any of like the normal Star Trek crew ever had, and um, you know they 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 go on this mission to track down these artificial life forms and kind of sort this whole thing out and they're kind of you know, racing the Romulans to do all this. And what this, this show pulls off something that I thought would be impossible, which is it like, it doesn't fix Nemesis, but it does undo large parts of the harm that that movie does. And in a way that like Star Wars never actually pulled off um, with the prequels or, um, you know, other shows not been able to shake off like the terribleness of their, of their latter sequels. And this this show actually does it. Um, 
But another thing I, I wanted to ask really briefly about. So I I looked at the Wikipedia page for Star Trek Picard. Not I didn't I didn't look at any of what actually happens, but more of like sort of the premise and that kind of thing. And the premise mentioned something that was kind of interesting to me. It mentions that the the connection to Nemesis that you just talked about, but it also mentions a connection to the Star Trek reboot. The, yes. the uh the you know the Chris Pine Zachary Quinto uh you know Star Trek reboot which I find very interesting in that that would kind of be brought into the continuity right so because I because I've never been sure where that sits I I know it's easy to have it be in the continuity in some ways because it's an alternate timeline but I that was interesting to me all right, so strap in, nerds. Here's what happens. <laughs> in the first J.J. Abrams movie, basically what happens is a, um, a Romulan creates a black hole and uses it to travel back in time and changes the timeline and like creates this, the J.J. version of Star Trek. Um, but in the regular Star Trek universe, that black hole destroys um, Romulus and like kills millions of Romulans and Picard actually leads the rescue effort and he tries to this this all happens before the show he tries to rescue the Romulans as much as they can and for reasons that I won't get into like he gets ordered to stop the evacuation of Romulus and stop saving these people um, and that ends up being like his disillusionment with Starfleet like he resigns over the fact that he was ordered not to do this um, so in that way like the events that caused the J.J. Abrams movies Happened also, and happened. also, it also exist in the real timeline, as in the, like you said, the, the destruction of Romulus, which yeah. is basically, yeah, the inciting event. Yeah, so that all, so that all happens, and you know, it it plays like you know they don't t- touch on it any more than that, and I think like for most people, like they wouldn't connect that that is what caused the J.J. Abrams movies to happen, but right, it's it's easy to forget that now that I think about it. Yeah. And it's it's because like said, you never you you never see it. It's just talked about in the J.J. Abrams movie, right? And then they don't overtly mention it like more than that. It's just like you know there was suffice it to say there was a black hole and Romulus had to be evacuated, kind of a thing, right? Right. Um, How long are the episodes, Paul? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So this is one of the shows where the where the episodes vary quite a bit. Um, they're mostly around forty minutes, um, and there's a couple a little bit shorter, and then. As we get towards the end, you know, the more plot-heavy episodes get a bit longer. Like the last episode, I think, is like fifty-six minutes of the first season. Hmm. Um, but that's the longest one. But they're mostly around forty minutes. Um, and how the, many episodes are there in the first ten? Season? Ten. Okay. Ten. Ten episodes. And I'll warn anyone who wants to watch it now: the pace is slow. Um, not in a way that I found annoying or excruciating, but just in a way that, like. Um, the, sh- the, the main story takes several episodes to kind of get going, but like mm. the story isn't why you're, why well, it's not why I was watching it. Right. I was watching it to it's, this is a show where at the beginning, like Picard is like very much not himself. And it's that he spends the season trying to get back to himself or figure out who he should be from now on. Um, and that's like the interesting part of the show. And that's like what I was watching. Um, and the, you know, it, it does cause like the main plot to kind of get pulled together kind of late in the season. And then all of a sudden, like a lot of things happen. And you're like, wait, what? Um, but, um, you know, like I said, it's the first season of a show and it, it, it can get a little lumpy in there. Yeah. Um, Do you think you need to be like a, 
a diehard or a at least a very strong Trek fan to appreciate it because of the tempo. Like, and, and I'll give it. I'll give some type of like parallel in that. Like, dude, the first like five six episodes of Boardwalk Empire were really slow and really fucking boring. However. Like the acting was so good that it was worth just like continuing to watch the acting. So I'm wondering, is it like I have to be a Trek fan to be into this, or you're like, dude, like Patrick Stewart is the bomb. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sit through this. Um, I would say that it's it's you have to at least have a passing knowledge of Star Trek to to be able to appreciate this because like you know you you need to know, for instance, like that Captain Picard was once a Borg, and like because that comes up in interesting ways in the show and like you need to know, you kind of need to know what happened in nemesis um because the show very much assumes that the viewer has this knowledge and doesn't really hold their hands and explain all this um so i would say you don't need to be like a super fan to watch it or anything like that but you need to be at least a casual fan i would say to to get a lot out of it um and 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 really like it so if you've seen you know 10 or 15 of the best TNG episodes, you're good to go. Like, do you need to have seen like all of Voyager and Enterprise and Deep Space Nine to appreciate this? No, you don't. So what do I got to pay to see this thing? What's, what's the CBS All Access thing about? So CBS All Access is their digital streaming platform, which is currently um, $10 a month, but you do get a two-week free trial, um, which is more than enough time to watch 10 episodes of a TV show um, if you wanted to watch it all and then drop out. Um, I had previously been subscribing to it to watch Star Trek Discovery, and then when that was off the air, I was unsubscribing from it. Um, and I think a lot of people have realized that that's what's happening. And they, they've they kind of explicitly said that now there's going to kind of be a different... Now they have three Star Trek shows they're going to be on. And they're going to kind of be on spread out all year round. So they so people stop dropping off and then resubscribing. Right. Um, but you, it's definitely... You could definitely like power through this in you know in your free trial. Um, I know during the quarantine, they, they had extended that to a four-week free trial. I don't know if they're still right. doing that or not. Oh, so do they do they do it Netflix side where they batch release all 10 episodes or do they come out weekly and you just happen to like sign up when all 10 were already out? No, they come out weekly. Um, they And basically, um, I... I kind of wait for them all to come out so I can watch them at my own pace. Like these came out several months ago. The the, the series sure. finished up several months ago, but I just finished watching it because some nights I want to watch two in a row and, and some weeks I go 10 days without watching an episode, but I want to have yeah. that freedom to do it the way I want. Um, so they, so all those shows, they do come out on a weekly schedule, but then obviously it's easy to go back and, and watch them later. Right. Yeah. But, I'm, I'm interested to, to watch this. I mean, I, I think, I am not. I, I kind of fit squarely in what you were talking about—a a casual Trek fan. I haven't seen Nemesis, um, but you know, I've seen enough Next Generation, um, and you know, it's definitely my favorite of you know all the Star Trek shows. And uh, and you know, I love Patrick Stewart. Um, so you know, it it would be interesting. Um, I'm I've, I'm interested to kind of see this and at least uh, have a sense of where it goes. And just the idea of a character driven. Star Trek show because we really haven't had that even though like Next Generation as an example was you know a, a real showcase at times for some of the actors like Patrick Stewart or like Brent Spiner or like whoever like it it was always plot focused you know the, the way that a network show kind of had to be in those times yeah for sure and and 
and didn't have big overarching plots. Like this, this show has no, you know, bottle episodes, what they call now, or like standalone episodes. Like right. it's all an arc. I mean, they only yeah. have 10 episodes, right? So um, it's, it's all part of a bigger arc, um, which is also not traditionally how Star Trek usually does things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I do think you're right, Nish. Like I think someone with your level of knowledge is like, a good candidate to watch the show and be able to enjoy it. And I'd be curious to know like what you would, what you'd think from watching it. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm dying to know how much money they paid him to, to be Picard. It must be a dump truck worth of cash. Um, I think it is a lot. He's an executive producer on the show. So he has a lot of mm. control and um, yeah, I, I like, like I said, I know it wasn't easy to get him back. Like he had basically said like this, I'm not, I'm, I'm he had basically like stepped away from all his tentpole roles. Like, um, Jean-Luc Picard and Charles Xavier and all that stuff. He's like, it wasn't going to do any of that stuff anymore. And they sucked him back into this. So I can see f- creatively why he was drawn to it. And I'm sure he was also financially very drawn to it as well. At this point, he probably doesn't need the cash. Right. <laughs> no, he probably doesn't. But I'm happy to see him working because I, I find him just utterly delightful. Yeah, with you. So wow, I recommend so see- it. So he's playing a 94-year-old man, huh? That's, well, that's, I was just it's looking the, at that. It's the future and people live a lot longer. Like I think yeah. they, they kind of establish that people regularly make it to like 140 um, in Star Trek world. Um, so him being 93, he's like old, but he's not like, you know, around the corner from death or anything right. like that. It's like it's like today's like I don't know, late 60s is what it sounds like if people regularly <laughs> make it to 140. Yeah, I, I, I would say that's true. So his net worth is seventy million bucks. But back when he was in Next Generation, he was earning a hundred k an episode, which was, I guess, was a pretty obscene amount of money for back then. Wow. I mean, he he deserved it. He was like head and shoulders the best thing about that show. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, it made him kind of into a household name, which is kind of funny when you think about it that star trek the next generation like like everybody knows who patrick stewart is and they i mean now they also know him because of charles xavier but you know first and foremost he'll always be jean-luc picard yeah yeah well it worked for shatner right <laughs> like he'll yeah. always be captain kirk like there's no way two ways around it good good point i don't think it worked for kate mulgrew but <laughs> <laughs> household name kate mulgrew <laughs> And it probably didn't work for Scott Bakula either. But no. it's hard to shake it's hard to shake that quantum leap thing. 